Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Second Act Actors. I'm your host, Dr. Janet McMorty, and I'm still a medical doctor simultaneously to run a pursue a career in acting. My guest this week is Andromeda Godfrey. Andromeda started her career in the entertainment industry around the age of 40. Before that, she was a photographer, makeup artist, baker, and mom. Obviously, she is still a mom, but she is now pursuing a career in acting. She does some writing. She makes films. She does a lot of incredible stuff. She was in Bridgerton, everybody. Bridgerton. So cool. We talk about it in this episode. We're now allowed to talk about it and say that it is called Bridgerton that she's in. Uh, But during the episode... I don't think the season had come out yet, so it is unnamed show that we talk about during this episode, but it is just so, so, so cool. She has an incredible story. Please enjoy Andromeda Godfrey. How did you get into this crazy business of ours? <laughs> crazy is the right way to put it. Yeah. Um, how did I get into this business? Well, well I, I always knew that I wanted to be an actor. Um, well, not always. I was six when I um, first saw my stepmom in a TV show. She showed she she woke me up one night and. Brought me downstairs to the old black and white TVs back in the back in the day, and um, she pointed to the TV and she goes, "There I am," and I was like, "Oh, huh? <laughs> just like looking at her, looking at the TV, not not kind of computing." Um, and I thought, "You can do that. That you can actually. That's a job. Okay, that's fun." And I kind of had it in my mind and very very focused until I. Um, was about 14 and um, I had just written to RADA in the UK and said, oh, I'd love to come to your school. And they wrote me back a letter all the way to Hawaii where I was living at the time saying, we're so sorry that we don't take children until um, people until they're 18. Come back then. And um, so I was really focused. And then 14, like I guess puberty hit, hormones, crushing no confidence, you know, mm. just like something happened, a big shift happened. And I started to pack that dream away. And then I went to university and did photography. So I was behind the camera. <laughs> and then, um, and then after university, I had children and um, quite young. And then I had more children. And I got to the point where I was 38 and I said to um, my husband, my ex-husband now, but I said, I've really got to give this a shot. This is, this is my dream. I have got to do it. And he's like, yeah, that's a great idea. And then I got pregnant again. (laughs) It's like all these life things getting in the way. And I was so, I had such crushing, like, um, morning sickness, which I hadn't Mm -hmm. had with the first two. And so I literally was on the sofa for like three or four months, just like eating saltine crackers and drinking ginger ale. So I couldn't even like start the kind of the the first steps towards becoming an actress. So I became a baker, as you do. (laughs) And um, then when my youngest was three, I went, okay, now is the time. It has to be. 
and um, and I've been acting ever since. Oh, I love that story. It's it, <laughs> it's so interesting to hear from somebody who is technically the second act actor, right? But who had a childhood where they were exposed to the creative arts. Like you were saying, even that formative experience seeing a family member on TV or so many yeah. people I talk to, it's the opposite. It's the like, no, that's not a logical career path. That's for special people. That's for talented yeah. people, right? Did yeah. you ever feel that? Or was it really a lovely push to be creative, to, to do acting? Uh, my family, we are creatives. Mm. You know, we're artists, we're um, writers. There's just a lot of us are creatives. Um, so it was never a question of, oh, that's not the right career path for you to be choosing. It was always really kind of, yay, go for it, do it. My mom is my biggest cheerleader. She's my biggest fan. She is, yeah, no, I've, I've been really lucky in that, in that respect. It was just my own self-doubt really getting in the way. Mm-hmm. Where do you think that came from? Was it society around you or just what, where do you think that came from? Yeah, I, I think it's probably a combination of, of factors. Um, I went to a school where, it, funnily enough, the creative, creative arts weren't really, weren't really kind of like uh, in the spotlight. It was more mm-hmm. a sporty school. It was mm-hmm. sporty and academic. So kind of like my academic, I wasn't that great at academics. I was like, you know, a CCB student. And, um, but I was good at sports. So I kind of just channeled my stuff into there. Um, and we had a couple of plays um, a year, maybe one play a year, but nothing really very organized. And I did try out in my senior year. I tried out for a play and um, I tried out for the lead. And they told me, no, we're sorry, he didn't give you the lead because, but it doesn't matter because you've got two or three more years to get the lead. And I was like, I'm a senior. And they're like, oh, <laughs> I always looked really, I looked like this little chubby faced uh, young girl. But I, and I think that was, you know, I think I started to feel the rejection quite, quite pointedly, you know, mm-hmm. at that time in my life when you're kind of young and you're impressionable and you're sensitive so, like, the rejection really hit me hard. Now I'm just resilient and tough and toughened. And <laughs> I like that. I usually say I'm like, now I'm jaded and bitter. But I like tough and resilient better. <laughs> That's super interesting. Do you think, you know, and I'm, I'm going to kind of put myself in, in uh, an assumption here because I know just my own self and who I was back when I was, a 14 year old 15 year old yeah. human there's if i had started acting then again i think a lot of people are like this there's no way i would still be acting now because of that rejection and i just didn't know how to cope with that and it's to no fault of anyone's right it's not like i had parental trauma or anything like that but i i wonder if like was that the same for you do you think like if you had really gone gung-ho into acting do you think you'd still be doing it now i either i would be and maybe I would be, but I would, I would think I would be, I don't think I then had the ability to deal with what a big career would have looked like as a young person. I was just like, you know, like eh, all over the place. You know, I don't think I had, I wasn't, I wasn't that kind of like, 
I'm going to be an actor no matter what, and I will make this happen. Like some actors I know, that's what they've done from a very young age, and mm-hmm. and they've 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 weathered it. I don't think I I don't think I would have weathered it very well. Mm, interesting. I think I'm much yeah much better coming into it this age yeah. with the wisdom I have. Yes, and it's interesting to to have chosen the career path that you did, photography and then baking. Very kind of, and again, another assumption that I'm throwing at you, like you were saying, behind the camera, very not forward facing to the public, a bit more in service to. Um, What what drew you towards those career paths as opposed to acting, which I'm just going to say it kind of is a little bit of a flip opposite. Yeah, um, I think it was really a, a knee-jerk reaction to to this desire to want it, to wanting to be an actor. So, what can I do that's the exact opposite? Okay, mm-hmm. I'll go behind the camera, and 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 you know, I've like I said, I came from a very arty family. Um, one of my sister paints, and she's an amazing painter. I was like, what could I do that's that you know that that's not to do with painting because I'm not very good at that. So, you know, get behind the camera and use the camera as my medium. Mm. And I loved it, you know, I, and I still think that it kind of, it serves me well now knowing, knowing framing, knowing, uh, lighting, you know, the, the things that I learned, um, with that, with that part of my life. But the funny thing is, is I never really took it up after, after university. Mm. I was like, ah, forget that. I just went out raving. (laughs) I went out raving and then uh, for like a year and uh, as like my kind of my gap year kind of (laughs) my gap year was spent on the dance floor. Um, And then I had kids and then um, and then I kind of my I had kids and then I had part lots of part time jobs. So I was kind of like this master of all trades kind of like um, on. I loved one of my jobs. I absolutely loved was um, working at the on the makeup counter in department stores in London so like at Selfridges I did people's makeup and it was wonderful it was such a joy to to help another person feel beautiful about themselves it was uh yeah I really loved it um and and then the kind of the baking happened I guess the baking was a creative outlet yeah you know because I'm I just love I love being creative but I it's not really a long-term business opportunity mm-hmm. unless you're so in love with it and love yeah. the hours and love the intensity and uh so it wasn't a very long-winded career it only lasted like a year or two and yeah well it's interesting to think about the careers that you've had and that this is a this is a discovery that i've had in the last well since i started acting but also a vein that has traveled through a lot of the people i've talked to who are creatives in their first act and then flipped into acting was something that's so unique to acting I find is that the rejection is so personal because there isn't a barrier in between you and your art like there is with photography you got the camera with woodworking Mm. you have like the chair I built the painting I made the cake I baked right if people don't like that that's fine because it's not a reflection on me they don't like it's like the chair they didn't like that I built them or the picture I took but as soon as somebody says, I don't like the way you act, like that, no, that's my soul, right? You're just like, <laughs> it's like being stabbed in the heart, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. how do you go from careers where you have, and I think honestly, literally every career I can think of except for acting has this barrier 
Yeah. How how do you go from careers that have a bit of a defensive wall you can put up to one where you literally cannot? Yeah, I think it takes a lot. It took me a long time to um, get to to build up. It's sort of like an armor, I guess, mm-hmm. um, an armor to people's perceptions of what I what I create. Um, but I can't say that it's that is completely impenetrable because you know I still feel it. I still feel the um, sometimes with certain jobs I still feel the rejection of not being. Even though I know, you know, as an actor, and I'm, plus I'm a producer as well, so I know what it's like from from behind the scenes. I know the casting process. I know that quite often it's already it's already been cast even before you get into the room mm-hmm. or number two it's it's you don't look enough like the child they just hired to play your potential daughter there are so many factors or you're, there's too many blondes in the cast you know there's mm-hmm. it's just there's so there's a myriad of reasons you could be the best actor in there yeah. but it doesn't necessarily equate to getting the booking the job Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's such a learning process because it's so it's so unart, right? It's, yes, it's it's very <laughs> logical and yeah. reasonable from a business standpoint. But all yeah. of us artists are like, no, my art is the best. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's the art. You're like, no, this is a business. Yeah, like, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything that you've noticed from the careers you've had, and I'm putting motherhood in there, um, mm-hmm. that you brought into now your career in acting? Um, well, I've definitely brought all of my myriad of experience. You know, I've got, I mean, I've got lifetimes of experience with parenting and working in all these kind of different jobs that I've worked at in front of house and, you know, in, in offices. And, you know, so I bring all of that with me. Um, and, you know, quite often, more than not, I'm booked to be the mother, play the mother. So there's a lot of that that comes with me, you know, that raising children teaches you so much about life and, and I'm able to, it translates in my work, I think. Mm, that's lovely yeah it's so interesting I talked to I've talked to a couple what you know when I say like what was your first act and they say mom and it's incredible what you bring in to now acting and the first thing they all say is now because we're all I think you know that same vintage of you know a little over 40 year old white female we're going to be cast as the mom role it's not only do you bring in the sensation of I know what exactly what it's like to be a mom, but I know exactly what it's like to like live in the world, but also see the world through the eyes of a of another. Can I catch my dress? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Totally. I get that. I love that. Yeah. Has there been anything that has surprised you about the entertainment industry entering into it? Um I think when I first started, I had people telling me, um, I had people giving me advice and they were telling me things like, oh, you're 40. Um, If a casting director doesn't know who you are by the time you're 40, then you don't even, you don't stand a shot. And I was like, 
what? Okay. And now, I, you know, there is a certain amount of stuff where I was listening to listening to this advice. Um, and um, I think I'm surprised by, I think casting directors that I think they do go back to their, to their, quite often go back to the people that they really trust and, mm-hmm. and they are, are kind of, are quite, are quite known. So you, I had to, I've had to spend a lot of time nourishing my relationships with casting directors. Mm. But once you have that kind of, that relationship with them where you can write to them and they know who you are and you get responses back, which is always really nice. Um, I think the thing that surprises me most is that they, casting directors really want you to book the job. They really Mm. want you to, they want you to succeed. They're on your side. They're not against you. I think I had this vision of them as being the gatekeepers and I can't, I gave them so much power, you know, I I gave, it's like, if I don't get past them, then I won't be seen. But I think they're actually in our corner and they're rooting for us. And when you've got the really good relationships with them, just keep on nurturing them, keep on nurturing them. How do you go about building those relationships when, like you said, you don't, we don't come at this with 40 years of build. Yeah. How do you do that without seeming, again, I always fear, is that hard balance of, I'm not crazy. I'm just, I'm a nice person who just wants to act. And I don't want anything from you except a career. Like, how do you, how do you go about nourishing and building a relationship in a healthy way? non-clingy way um i keep it i don't send out too many emails Mm -hmm. i keep i keep the emails quite limited um i when i have something to share i've got a if i've got a show that's um a tv show that's come out or something like that then i will write to my kind of like my core group and i'll send them all a personal email so they're not kind of copying well i do you know, the, the, the chunky bit in the middle, I do copy and paste, but, you know, I'll always make it personal to them. Um, and I just follow that up with, and I just, you know, I just make it very, very, the email's very short, very concise, very, you know, they don't have very much time. Um, and then when something else comes up, oh, at the end of the year, I usually write to all the people who have seen me and say, thank you so much for seeing me for this um happy new year blah 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 um i keep it i think it's minimum minimal but the stuff that i do send out i try to make it so that it's something that they can um they can hook onto something mm-hmm. about me that i'm showing that i'm i'm being proactive and moving my career along mm-hmm. a big thing that i've heard as well too is not asking for stuff which seems very obvious But I think what I'm learning now is that from chatting with casting directors, so much of the correspondence and communication they get, not just from actors, but just from everyone, is I want something from you. I want, I want, I want, what can you give me? And when they get something that either says thank you (laughs) or I don't want anything from you, just showing you what I'm doing, they say Mm. it's like a breath of fresh air. And in Canada, where I am, There aren't many casting directors, so they get overwhelmed with, you know, people being like, how do I get an audition? But when they they get someone who's like, 
Thank you. I appreciate this. The end. Yeah. It's one of my best, best tricks is, it's not even a trick because I, I do feel like it comes from my heart, is, uh, for example, um, I fell in love with this TV show on Netflix and I already had a relationship with the casting director. So I wrote to the casting director and I said, oh my God, this show, it's amazing. The chemistry between the actors is incredible. Um, I loved it. Thank you. You know, just thank you for your work you do. And I got the most sweetest letter back from them. And then two weeks later, I got an audition for this, this season two of the show. So, so it's like write to them, telling them how great you think they are and how much you love that show they just cast. Yeah. And it's not asking for anything, but it's, just, it's, re- it's also reminding them of, who, of, of you. You're still here. <laughs> yeah. And if I flip and put myself in their shoes, if I, as a human being on this planet, got an email <laughs> saying that, I'd be like, yeah. Yeah. Like, who doesn't want that? Exactly. They're yeah. they're big, huge time casting directors, but yes. they still want to have the the validation, the appreciation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think mm. you you hit the nail on the head with a lot of us, I find, because they are they are lit they are the gatekeepers, but we elevate them to like godless yeah. status and say, Oh, I can't email them or yeah. I'll email them if I want something. Oh they're uh. no no no. They're humans, just like us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who need that validation that they're doing a good job? Yeah, yeah. We all get that imposter syndrome, regardless of how long we've been in this exactly. industry. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. For sure. Mm. You mentioned you are a producer as well. I am. How did that happen? It happened all at the same time the- as the acting. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was like a year into my acting career um and I have one of my best friends who I went to school with in Hawaii uh, when I was we met when we were 13 she's a writer and I'm an actor and we got together and went to the pub and had vodka and Red Bulls (laughs) and got really kind of like ah talking about filmmaking and then we're like why don't we make a film and so we started a production company uh we made our first short film um, she wrote it and I acted in it. I starred in it. Um, I still love that movie. I mean, it's so fun. Um, and that must be about 15 years ago now, which is kind of crazy. Um, and then we went on to make about three more short films, uh, one of which was called uh, Dream Date. And it just kind of exploded onto the onto the. Uh, film festival landscape um, did really really well and gave us kind of a taste for like oh this is fun <laughs> like this um, and then uh, we decided to do our first feature and uh, it was released a few years ago now um, and we released it in it's called two hours and released it in the states Canada I think you can see in Canada on Amazon Prime excellent yeah. I'll yes. Link it in the show notes. Yeah. Fabulous. It's a really fun family adventure, really cute oh. story. Um, and uh, and now we're working on our second feature. How do you learn this when you don't have a film or theater background? How did you learn on the job? It? On the job as we went along. 
literally making every mistake that you could possibly make <laughs> and just getting up the next day and making more mistakes, but just getting to the end. Um, it's independent filmmaking, I think, personally, from my own experience, is a thankless job. Mm. It's, it's labor intensive, it's time intensive, uh, with very little pay. It's 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 a little bit crushing, soul crushing, I think. Um, so we are working on our next film, but I think we're going in with much more wide open eyes this next time around. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. It yeah, it's interesting. I think with so many people, I mean, we're told make your own content, but then there's a a huge fear about that, especially from people who don't have training in how to do it, because. You know, in most careers, the mistakes, quote, quote, you are devastating. Like, I think about like, yeah, I'm a doctor. I can't, I can't, yeah. I can't make mistakes. You can't make mistakes. <laughs> but but to the detriment of other things in my life. And I talked I've talked to a lawyer who felt the same way. He's like, I put a comma instead of a period that costs like my company thousands upon millions of dollars. Like, I can't make mistakes. So yeah. there's this fear globally in our lives of, quote, making a mistake, even though that's how we learn, especially in the film world. Yeah. How do you, like, did, did it come from, do you think, again, that creative upbringing you had? But How do you kind of say, hey, these mistakes aren't the end of the world. Let's keep going. Um, well, I am resilient. <laughs> and I, I, I do... Um, I'm quite a determined person. So when I say I'm going to do something, I, I, I'd like to follow it through. <laughs> um, so I think it is really a matter of getting up and, and just doing it over again. I went to this um, really great panel talk with this guy who was a producer and he had, he had a pot of millions to play with millions to play with, you know, lots of feature films that we all know come out of this pot of millions. And I, and I said, you know, I'm making my first feature film quite often. I just feel like I'm winging it. And he goes, same here. You know, I, I feel like I am winging it every single day. And I guess maybe, maybe in the creative arts, maybe in independent filmmaking, there is a bit more leeway for making mistakes. Um, and also, you know, we had, for the feature film, we had a really fantastic line producer who had made so many feature films, and she really did show us um, that part of producing is putting out fires every single day and showed us how to proactively not over-sensationalize problems, but just to proactively keep it quiet and solve it. Yeah which was a really great skill. I think a great skill in life. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Well, and it's funny. I think about like I, I jokingly with my with my dad, we have this motto and it's work the problem. And it mm -hmm. comes from NASA where like you have a problem and it's very, very significant to like the lives of many people in space, for example. Yeah. Work the problem and use people around you to work the problem. Exactly what you're saying as well, too, right? Like, you, we all are kind of winging it, yeah. But we, you work through it, yeah. And not, yeah. And I think, does the resiliency again? Did that come from? You know, I always harp on people's childhoods, like I'm some sort of therapist, but it's just I'm always so curious where resiliency, and where grit and determination comes from. 
Mm, yeah, I think it's kind of, I think I was born with it. Mm. Yeah, I think yeah. that I was, I was kind of born, I was always kind of the, I also, another thing is, um, when I was first, when I was a small child, up in, I was, I lived up in the Orkney Islands, up in yeah. north of Scotland. Um, I was, my parents moved there when I was about a year, um, and uh, they were hippies, real proper, proper, 19, it was, must have been 1970 or something like that, um, and moved up there with a group of other hippies and kind of lived on these little pieces, um, on houses that were not like a commune, but kind of like spread out. And so I was dressed in real hippie clothes. And I came to school with a basket full of vegetarian food, you know, we didn't have school meals, you know, and so I was just like so much the outcast, you know, I was Mm. very, very much seen as, I was very much othered Mm. (laughs) Um, and, and, and teased and, you know, not, not so much bullied, but definitely teased. And Mm. I think that that has a bearing on it. You know, I, I, you, you can't, I, I think I, I need, needed to have some resilience to get through that mm-hmm. that period of my life. Yeah, totally, absolutely. Do you have any advice for people looking to? I was like build resiliency, but but to dive into a career in acting later on in life. Um, number one, if you really want to do it, just do it. Just figure out a way to, 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 to get yourself, um, figure out a way to find people. Like, I mean, it was, it's like what we were talking about earlier about this thing of making our own work. But if you can, find some actors and get together and write a little sketch and put it, put it, shoot it on your iPhone. You know, there's, there's, there's so many ways that we can do things now. Um, and find a great acting class, one mm-hmm. that really kind of, helps you grow as a human as well as an actor um I went to um when I kind of first started out I went to I think they have it in Canada as well um Anthony Mindell yes uh, actors workshop yeah yep. so I thought that that was great for for me as a person who didn't even really know if I could act <laughs> you know <laughs> it's like okay well, I'm gonna be an actor but can I actually act <laughs> And that kind of helped me unact, I think, you know, kind of get out of acting and in quotes and Mm -hmm. into just responding and reacting to what the other person is giving you. Mm -hmm. Um, Find a good class, find an improv class, you know, um, get amongst people who are doing it. Um, And then, you know, once you've got something on a tape, look for an agent. I I, I don't, I, I, I mean, that's how I did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I, I was about to say, I think as we get older, we need to be that. But I think the, the logistics of it need yeah. to be said. Yeah. And I think it's so true what you said about like, there's about can I even act right? There's I think there's a lot of people who are like, I want to be an actor. Yeah, period. And you're like, yeah. no, but there's, there's the steps, right? Yeah, I think. Yeah. I think so much of it, again, we're talking about how it's the art. It's all about the art. No, there is a business and logistical side to this if you want there to be. I mean, yeah. if you don't, that's great. You know, I have lots of people I talk to, all they want 
is community theater and they just love it. Wonderful. Yeah. But if you want to business this, you need to do the logistical work. <laughs> yes, you need the logistical work. And I think you also need bucket loads of patience. You know, because I've been I, I I've been acting for um, fifteen years or something like that, and then but it's only it was only a couple of years ago that I got even got my first, you know, like streaming streaming job. So mm-hmm. uh, before that, it was lots of short films, lots of indie indie a lot a lot of indie horror films. <laughs> mm. Indie horror films, and you know, you know those kind of um, cable TV shows. Those kind of like, uh, what are they called when you like crime things that are kind of brought oh, to like life? The reenactment. Yeah, the reenactment. Ton of those here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So crime reenactments, and then it was like it was only quite recently when I got this my my agent that I have now, where I'm actually being seen for proper jobs and booking yeah. them. So not proper, nice. I shouldn't say proper jobs because all the other ones were proper too for that phase of my career. They yeah. all were my stepping stones to getting to where I am now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of your, the projects you've done, do you have any favorite memories on set or any funny stories? Um, I do. Um, I have from the same, see, as in same TV show, I'm not going to mention what TV show it is, um, but <laughs> it's kind of like two sides to the coin. I had two episodes in this TV show and, um, one episode was the first episode that I shot was the most glorious day on set. It was just one, one scene, um, huge budget, huge, beautiful, beautiful, um, restaurant that we did the scene in great actors, amazing director, writer is was there and met us and the cinematographer is just like this top-notch cinematographer it was just like I I was like having to pinch myself going oh my god I can't believe this and then I'm like I'm like they're saying oh just if we're in a a dinner scene and I like just ad lib ad lib stuff and then they'd say oh yeah we like that so just do that again the next time I'm like oh my god my words are gonna be on this tv show the words that I said coming out of my mouth um uh, unfortunately, the scene ended up getting cut. No. What? Um, and I knew that I was giving it my everything. I knew mm. that it was, it was, it was, I was so in the moment, so grounded, so in this character, so happy to be there. Um, and the director was lovely and wrote to us and said, I'm so sorry, but we're going to have to cut this scene. So I didn't have to, I didn't have to wait until it came out to see that I'd been cut. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can see why he cut it because it didn't fit the episode at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the other um, other side to this is um, the other episode I booked after that episode. I was like, "Oh my god, I'm getting brought back again! Yay!" And so I get sent out the script, and they said, "Oh, you don't have to learn any of these lines." Oh no, no. I said, "Oh, which lines do I have to learn?" And then they said. Oh no! Don't worry. There are no. You don't have to learn lines for this one. And I was like, "But this is my character." And they're like, "Don't worry, don't worry." And so I show up, um, and I'm in the hotel the night before. That night in the hotel, um, I got a message saying, "Oh yes, you do need to learn these lines." And I was like, "Oh, okay." And so 
I, st- I had learned some of them just kind of like intuitively thought this can't be right. Why would I not be knowing lines? <laughs> so I learned some of them. And then I just spent the rest of the night and the next morning learning the other ones. But there was one line I could not get. It just didn't come out of my mouth correctly. Mm. And so we're on set, you know, millions of pounds being spent on set. And the cameras are on us. And they're trying to figure out the kind of the, the how the camera should be positioned And so it was great because I kept on, I was able to say the lines many, many times before they actually came, the camera came on to to me to do my singles. Um, And, but I was getting really flustered and I was so embarrassed. It was like my biggest nightmare. I have actually had nightmares where I don't know the lines and I, and yeah, they're horrible, aren't they? They're horrible. So this is, this is it coming true. This is it coming, coming to life. And this one line just could not come out of my uh, my mouth right, and I wanted a hole to 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 be dug in the in the ground, and I wanted to fall in it and not be seen by anybody ever again. Um, <laughs> and the the script supervisor came up to me during one of the breaks and said, "I think I know why you're having a hard time with this line." And he said, "If you take if you take the punctuation, that the comma out of here." And you put a comma there, and then you put the full stop there, and make it two sentences, and need, and then, and I was like, "Oh my god, of course!" And then it just like it was in my head. It just the the way it had been positioned, the commas just didn't flow out of my mouth. I think because, um, yeah. Anyway, so um, that was one of the most frightening experiences I've had. So on the same TV show, one of the best and one of the most frightening. I think that's so interesting about script analysis and the ability, like, do you think, I don't know, like, if he hadn't, if the script supervisor hadn't come up to you to say, like, let's change, is that something, I was going to say, where you'd ever feel empowered to figure out yourself, but my gut says, like, us in the beginning of our careers don't have the quote-unquote clout yet. To be like, yeah. hey, can I change this? Yeah. Because it's who am I? My job is to come in and say, here's your coffee, sir, and then leave. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. How do you feel about that? Well, I did actually say to the director, I said, this is not coming out. This is not yeah. coming out. Um, and they, and uh, she said, oh, it doesn't matter. You've got to figure it out. Hmm. Um, yeah. And that's where I was at See? on the totem pole. <laughs> yeah. Your point. Yeah. Your point. Yep. No less awful, even more yeah. awful. Yeah, even more awful because I actually voiced it to the director. Um, but you know what? As soon as I actually got it down and she um she after after the at the end of the day, she was like, Fantastic, that was great, amazing. Oh. So I got my validation at the end yeah. of it. So, yes, yeah. Yes. The words of affirmation that we need as actors, yes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Do you have anything that you are looking forward to coming up? Um, I've got a movie coming out. Um, when does this come out, by the way? Uh, good question. I Sometime next not, year. Yeah, I haven't gotten my like Q1 for 2024 all figured out yet, but I will. Okay, Let so um, by, the, by, the, uh, by the time this has come out, uh, I've got a movie that is on Netflix, which, uh, yes, and I play the mom to the lead. Uh, in a movie called Love at First Sight. Um, uh, and it is, um, it's a funny one to be, be, be talking about this because of the uh, strike in, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. in the states. I'm like, should I be saying this? Should I not be saying it? But what I think do is yeah. Can, let's talk about it. And if yeah. the strike's not over by the time, yeah. so what I, I've been doing, I've been messaging everybody who's involved, and most people yeah. are wanting to postpone their episodes till after the strike. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, let's talk about it, and we can figure it out later. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, and also, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a funny one because I'm in the UK and we're not mm-hmm. striking. Save with Canada. Um, yeah. Yeah. So are you guys talking about your work? Are you guys being in... in, in Yeah. So we were extremely impacted because so yeah. many productions are what are called signatory productions. So they bring them up from the States to Canada and it's all SAG-AFTRA um, with like our union having like small roles. But yeah. our union can't legally strike until the end of 2024. Yeah, we can't legally strike either. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if it... I think we're watch. Everyone's watching it pretty closely. Yeah. We um, Canadian, obviously, like pure Canadian content can still be made. As I'm assuming, same in the UK, like pure UK. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're definitely doing the like solidarity type thing, and yeah. there's there's no work. Yeah, there's- I, it's 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 gone. <sighs> so yeah. hopefully. Um, they'll be all over and then we can talk about the film that I'm in. So the film is called, oh, I said, I think I said it's called Love at First Sight. <laughs> it stars Haley Lou Richardson, who um, it was in the latest episode, uh, uh, latest season of The White Lotus. Um, yeah. Oh, yes. She you plays the... do look like her mom. Yes, you do. Yeah, Vanessa Caswell. Um, yeah. <laughs> The director of it, she sat down with us and she goes, didn't I do a great job of casting you? <laughs> and we were like, yeah. <laughs> we're like exactly the same height. We've got the same kind of body because her mind's like 50 and hers is 20. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and um, she was so fun to work with. She's like, she's she's been doing it since she was a kid. She was one of those people wow. who had that kind of determination. This is what I'm going to do. And, um, and uh, yeah, she's a real pro. Really yeah. great working with her. Uh, at, yeah, I really liked it. It was such a fun project. And that sounds like a rom-com. It's a rom-com. Fabulous. Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. Is it Christmas? It Actually, funnily enough, it is set around the Christmas period. It's coming mm-hmm. out in September, but it's it's, it's set around that time of, of the year. Yeah. yeah. We film a ton of those, whether it's Hallmark Channel or Netflix now doing it. We film a ton here in Canada. And everyone, I don't know if you get this in the UK, well, it's not real acting and stuff or blah, blah. I'm like, are you kidding me? This is like, they film so fast. So I don't know what your experience was. I've been on a couple. You barely get any takes because it's Mm. like so condensed and they churn out so many it's like working on a soap opera ah, where yeah. it's just fast 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 turn yeah. around it is and there's such a there's such an art to what i think is could be really cheesy mm. but to the characters this is their real life yeah i love it we call them movie of the week here in canada mow so like or like yeah like the um the hallmarky christmas ones i love them oh god yeah i i mm-hmm. do them I do yeah. them. I'm, I'm not. I'm not too big, too much of a snob when it comes to acting work. I just love acting. I love yes. it, and I love being bringing truth to, bringing truth to whoever that character is, and yes. you know, giving those lines life. I, 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 I love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where I sit in that world is I'm either the best friend 
of the lead. I'm slowly aging out of that. But now I'm more the usually it's the male lead's sister with the cute, precocious toddler. Uh, Who's like, you know, that girl you were in love with in high school is coming back to our small town, right? (laughs) I love it. There's I love it. There's so much joy in those films. It's just I think they're fabulous. They're a challenge. Yeah. 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 Do you have any final words of advice or wisdom? Uh, I'd say commit. (laughs) Commit to your plans. Commit to your dreams. Commit to the the biggest dream that you have and use that as your guiding star. And shoot. And always keep that vision clear in your head of where you would like to be and what you'd like to be working on um and give yourself a break if it's not happening to as according to the kind of plans that you had set you know uh give yourself a break um be kind to yourself this is a business where it can feel very disheartening but be kind to yourself and um Yeah, I think think that's it. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And thank you, Andromeda, for being my guest this week. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to share your incredible story with me and my audience. I hope you will all tune in next week for a very special first part of my Sundance Film Festival episodes. Bye!